0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 332 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today I'm here with Amy Mangus. Amy lives in Wilmington, North Carolina, which is just up the road from me, and she works for a pharmaceutical development company. Welcome, Amy. Hi, thank you, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's so nice to meet
1: you today. And uh, if you're ever down here, let me know. (laughs) Yeah, I absolutely will. I come down all the time. I love it there. Yeah,
0: it's such a beautiful place to live. It's the tourist season right now that we're (laughs) we're recording this. So I actually like tourist season. I don't venture out as much by car because the roads are a little crazy. But I love watching all the excitement on the beach. And there's nothing like seeing kids on the beach.
1: I do too. And you know what, I grew up in a beach town in New Hampshire. So I'm from Hampton, New Hampshire, and we have Hampton Beach. So all the Massachusetts people come up. And then I moved to another beach town in Wilmington, North Carolina. So we have Wrightsville, Carolina Beach. And I usually during the holidays, I just let those people have the beach because I have it all the time. That's right. But it I love you. Know, you never see really sad people on the beach. So,
0: you know, like yesterday we went for a beach walk and the children are excited. The dogs are excited. There was like this old lady, she's probably like 95 years old. She's sitting right there in her chair in the surf and just joy on her face. And I stopped and talked to her for a minute. And that's the thing about being at the beach. Everyone is full of joy. And I want more of that. So
1: yes, everybody's (laughs) happy.
0: Exactly. Well, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that?
1: Yes. So intermittent fasting, I have a functional medicine practitioner who, they are a doctor and then they go to school for their functional medicine degree. And I've just been having low energy. I have two little kids. I had my second child in 2019. And that is really when I started looking for anything to help just give me more energy. I just felt like I was so tired all the time, you know, and I just contributed that to a lot of being a new mom, two little kids, you know, I had them two years apart. So I was in the thick of it. Oh, I get that. Yes. So I did. I saw my functional medicine doctor and I just remember she called me because it was all telehealth. So I just got my lab, sent them in. She saw them and she said, are you tired? And I said, yeah, yes, I'm so tired. She was like, well, it looks like your labs are telling me, you know, my, my, I was anemic pretty much. My iron was so low. And she suggested to me, she said, have you ever heard of intermittent fasting? And I said, no, you know, I, I don't have a time to do a lot of things. I work full time and just with the kids. And she said, just start. You know, 14 hours, I think she said. So I
0: wonder, that's so interesting, you know, that she would look at low iron and and say, fasting, because people would be, you know, thinking that fasting would cause low iron or something. But it's interesting that you said that, because I just, I have a functional medicine doctor as well. Everybody who's listening, if you can find a functional medicine practice, I highly encourage it. A lot of functional medicine doctors went to school traditional ways. They were traditional MDs, and then they realized they weren't getting to the root cause, And so then they went back and had functional medicine training, and now they have a whole set of different tools that they can help find the root of the problem. But when I just saw my nurse practitioner last week, she said, I don't understand how you're walking around with iron that low, (laughs) And I said, well, I've always heard that my entire life from the first time my iron was checked. Every time I've gone to the OBGYN my whole life, they're like, you're so low. But she finally got me to start taking an iron supplement. And I can't say that I feel any different, but I'm like, okay,
1: (laughs) I'll do it finally. I found a really great one. It's from Three Arrows Iron and it's heme iron. So you can take it on an empty stomach and yeah, I've I've been through all the irons, and that's why I wouldn't take one
0: either. It always made me so sick. So I found one too. It's one that they recommend. It's called Blood Builder. Are they I am not sponsored by them, but Mega Food or something is the brand name. And so I, I'm not not sponsored by them. Not <laughs> I'm just saying that. It's I've just started taking that, and it doesn't make me feel
1: queasy. It doesn't give me the say. It doesn't keep me up. I take it with my dinner at night and. And you have to be so consistent with iron because it will, it takes a while to build it up. I feel amazing. Like I have great energy. I don't, she's like, I can't believe you're walking around with
0: levels this low. And I'm like, well, I feel fantastic. So if I'm able to actually feel even better than this, wow, I'll be talking about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, once I started, I started exactly what she said. 14 hours I realized very easily that I could push it cuz I'm not a morning eater. It's always hurt my stomach to eat in the early in the morning and I've just always kind of muscled through it cuz breakfast is the most important meal of the day and you know I'm not doing it right and so I was just like, "Oh, permission to not eat breakfast." Okay, that sounds great. The cream in my coffee was hard It's the hardest for everybody. That's the first thing. It
0: really is. You know, I've been meeting some new people. I joined a group for people that are, you know, trying to make friends, which can be hard to do in a place like this where it's so touristy. And, you know, of course, people are like, what do you do? And I'm like, well, okay, intermittent fasting. And then they're like, oh, I couldn't drink my coffee black. I'm like, yes, you could. But literally, that is the first thing they tell me. I'm like, what if what you're putting in your coffee is the only thing holding you back from the life of your dreams?
1: I mean, that's what it came down to. So, I found you because I started intermittent fasting and I started feeling better. I started having more energy. And for somebody who was just dragging, I was like, wow, this is it. I found something that works. I started looking for more intermittent fasting on Facebook kind of groups and, you know, a whole mishmash of everything. I think, you know, I found one of those groups where I said something about drinking bone broth or something like that. And Somebody said something snarky to me, and I don't even know why. But somebody else was like, "Hey, try this group. Go to Jen Stevens' Facebook group." So I did. Is that
0: when I was still there? Yeah, that's what (laughs) you're on. And I was uh, 2019. I was there till 21 in like January-ish,
1: March of 21. That's when I left. Yeah, and I loved the Facebook group. And now I'm on the circle. Oh yeah, I'm on the circle group. (laughs) (laughs) and I love it I loved doing I started getting into like the Mealless Mondays with Roxy and she would always do those and I got very motivated so I started doing a little ADF here and there and you know what I didn't die it didn't kill me I usually woke up the next morning and I felt even though I went to bed a little bit hungry not starving but I would wake up like I had just eaten a full meal and I felt Really, And I was like, hey, I don't even need to eat breakfast. I can just kind of keep going until I kind of learn my natural hunger cues again those hunger signals that I've been missing since I you did was... You have
0: to be a tiny bit careful. I want to pop in something about ADF that is the hardest thing for people. What you just said is so true. When you wake up after a down day, when you've been fasting a long time, and I'm assuming you don't have the 500 calorie down day, you're a full fast down I day girl. I try
1: to do a full fast.
0: Yeah. Either way is a really great option. It would, whatever, you know, some people find they sleep better if they have the 500 calorie meal, but they're, either way is just as great if it feels good to you. But when you wake up in the morning... You are, It is so normal not to be even a tiny bit hungry because you are finally, you're flipping that switch to really intense fat burning with the down day. And so your body is just running on stored fat. So sometimes people have to be careful not to wait too long because what we'll hear is somebody's like, well, I'm supposed to wait till I'm hungry, right? I wake up and I'm not hungry at all and I didn't get hungry till two o'clock. And so then I ate a tiny meal and I was full. And is that good enough? And I'm like, no, no, it's not. (laughs) And then they get really confused because they're like, don't you always tell us to listen to our body? And so when it comes to a down day followed by an up day, this is one of those times when I don't want you to listen to your body because your body is telling you I'm all good. I'm running on stored fat. But the purpose of an up day is to give your body the metabolic boost of eating more. And so sometimes you have to start eating before you're actually hungry so you can really fit in an up day. The research on alternate day fasting, the participants were instructed to eat 125% of their caloric needs on up days. And if you're waiting, you know, till later and you're just not hungry and you're really, you know, you're not going to be able to do that. So anyway, there's
1: my little, my TED, well, thank you for coming to my TED talk there, but... (laughs) No, that's good. But those are the days that I also really enjoy because, you know, I'm not eating a pound cake or anything like that, but I get the cream in my coffee. I'm, you know, it's like I'm having at least two meals And I look forward to that. Yeah, sometimes starting off, like you said, on the up day with just cream in your coffee, that'll wake up your appetite a little bit. Oh, yes. And it does. The clean fast, really, I have, you know, I'm trying to talk all my girlfriends into it. Everyone I know, I always tell them about intermittent fasting and they're like, oh, I just can't do it. I had a girlfriend recently and she was like, you know, do you do 50 calories, when you're doing your fasting. And I was like, no, because honestly, it's like, just try it. You will see. If you have lemon in your water, if you have anything, it will spike your insulin and you will be hungry.
0: It's really remarkable. I can remember being at a restaurant. It was about a year ago and I hadn't eaten yet. It was when we were in the process of moving. And I ordered my meal, and I ordered a club soda with lime. I mean, my window was opening. So I started drinking my club soda with lime because, you know, I'm opening my window. And then immediately I was like hangry. I'm like, where's the food? Where's the food? Where's the food? (laughs) Because the lime made me so hungry. It did not help me. It made me starving. So
1: (laughs) it really is. Once you make that realization, it becomes just so much clearer, you know, if you want to do fasting, if you want to push it for a little bit longer. This is what you can do to make it easy. Just do the clean fast. And I've struggled with that too. Believe me, I've done everything under the sun to not do it, but that is what worked. We have to prove it to ourselves. You know, I've tested all those things that we used to call the gray area
0: early early on. I'm talking like, you know, 2017. We weren't really sure. Is this okay? Is this okay? Apple cider vinegar, their benefits, whatever. But I've experienced experimented with all those things. And of course, I know what the clean fast feels like. And all of those things that I experimented with had a negative impact that I could feel. So, And here's the thing, though, you don't always know, you can't always rely on whether you feel it or not, because your insulin response, like, let's say someone has really high blood sugar, and they have an insulin response, their blood sugar goes down a little bit, they might not feel that. It's only if you have a low low enough blood sugar that you're going to feel the difference. So whether you feel it or not is not a foolproof way. If you do feel it, you know it's having a negative effect. If you don't feel it, that doesn't mean it isn't
1: basically, I started to feel better. I found your group. I found, I have to give a shout out to Jackie Arena on here as well. I hope I'm saying her name right. But yeah, she was on your podcast and I was a big fan of hers as well when I found her her group. She has a potty mouth. That's actually one thing that really endeared me to her. I really like that. So I know some people are like... Some people have potty mouths. I was like, I like it. Well,
0: for me, it's hard because I was an elementary teacher. So, like, I literally couldn't say anything. So, for 28 years, or even longer, obviously, because, you know, before you are an adult, you have to watch your mouth. But I had to, like, control literally everything that came out of my mouth for
1: all those years. So, I'm like, Oh, believe me, I grew up with, my mom was an English teacher my whole life. So, yes. I'm letting it fly a little bit more
0: now in my personal life. And I think it always surprises (laughs) Chad.
1: Oh, I'm (laughs) sure.
0: (laughs) But yeah, Jackie is fabulous. She's a foodie.
1: Yes. And that's one thing I love about the groups. I love about all the groups is when people hear that you're into intermittent fasting, you get the, oh, so you're starving yourself, you know, which is just such a misconception. It's like, oh, no, we all love to eat. Believe me. (laughs) That's why we're in here. That's why we're doing this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's one thing that's such a misconception you know, number one, like you said, I can't do it because I can't drink my coffee black. That's a huge misconception. Or number two, I can't do it because I love food too much. And that's, I would have probably have thought the same thing, but it's because I love food and I love to be able to eat with zero guilt.
1: And I think I've gotten more into, I definitely, you know, realized earlier on that, you know, what I eat in my window, like you always say, what you eat in your window, it really makes such a difference. I mean, if I have you know, a big steak, I'm going to be good until the next day. I just need to get adequate protein. And really, I've been experimenting a lot with that in my window. So I've kind of been going down more of a carnivore kind of road. I do have some autoimmune conditions. So my research has kind of been leading me down that path for a little while of just anti-inflammatory diet. I am a big believer in personal
0: experimentation. The funny thing about meat for me is meat makes me so sluggish and not in a good way. Like it makes me sluggish the whole, like, especially chicken and also eggs make me so sleepy. And I just looked it up and apparently they both cause you to release tryptophan. Like I had something with chicken the other night and I was like dozing after dinner. And another night I had eggs. I looked them both up and that made sense. But if I eat a big steak, I am just out. It doesn't do that for you.
1: I can't say it does, but it depends on what I'm eating it with. So if I eat that with like a baked potato or something like that. I have noticed carbs really do make me tired. See,
0: that's the opposite. If I eat nothing, like if I just have the baked potato, I'm great. (laughs) I feel amazing. Like I'm not snoozing after dinner. This is bio-individuality at its best. And that's what I love so much because you know for a fact, I'm not saying you're wrong about how it makes you feel. You're correct. You know, you're the
1: best expert on Amy Mangus out there. And I have noticed that even though, I try to do low carb. I My body definitely needs carbs. Like I feel the best when I have like a sweet potato or something. Then everything's working as it should.
0: And we can trust how we feel. So you're feeling better with adding more meat, getting more protein, but also with some good carbs that make you feel good. So you find a sweet potato works better for your body than a regular potato.
1: I do, and I like it more. So it's a win-win. It's weird how things like that can work. Like for me, like pasta, for example. You might think all pasta
0: is just the same. It's just a different shape. But like I, spaghetti doesn't satisfy me at all, whereas macaroni noodles do. Why? Why? I don't
1: understand. <laughs> You just gotta, yeah, you have to figure it out. And honestly, I mean, that's been one of my biggest things with opening and closing my window. So I did lose, when I first started fasting, I lost about 30 pounds and it was very effortless and so easy. And then about Christmas time, this was 20, I think I did, I fasted for about I probably lost 30 pounds in about six months or so. I think it was either 2019 or 2020. My parents came to stay with us. And I just remember it was around the holidays. And I just kind of, I don't want to say fall off the wagon with fasting, but it's so easy. Fasting went by the wayside. The cocktail started slipping into my evening windows, like windows weren't getting closed And I did gradually start to gain it back. Now, I still, and that is one of the things, I know you're writing a new book about this, and it's one of the things that I struggle with, was really getting back into the swing of things when I felt like I kind of stopped fasting, and then I started getting really tired again, and I just knew, hey, I need to go back to fasting. That's where I felt the best. The new book is already written. Hallelujah. And it's coming out. It's set for end of December, like
0: December 26th is the date that it should show up at your house if you pre-order it. And it's called 28 Day Fast Start Day by Day, The Ultimate Guide to Starting or Restarting Your Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle So It Sticks. And that's the part that's so important because I've realized, yeah, I think the pandemic really accelerated the number of people stopping, (laughs) you know, and and it was a very stressful time. But all of a sudden, there were a lot of people starting over, a lot of people also after Fast Feast Repeat came out with a 28-day fast start, for some reason... And I never, this is an unintended consequence. If I could go back and be clear about this in fast, feast, repeat, I would. People tend to think of, you know how people like do Whole30 and they'll do like another round of Whole30 over and over and over again. They're doing another round. Well, sometimes people think that's what the 28-day fast start is. They're like, I think, i you know, I've been kind of loosey-goosey. I never really stopped fasting. But I think I'll do another round of the fast start. I'm like, No. (laughs) You're not starting over. Stop with the starting over. You're not starting over. And that was not what the 28-day fast start was supposed to be, is a perpetual plan to go back on, right? It's designed to get your body adapted. And once you're fat adapted... Unless you stop fasting for a long time, your body is going to remember how to do it. It might take you a week or so to feel like, you know, deplete your glycogen stores and get back to how you're feeling good. But you don't need to do a 28-day fast start unless it's been a significant amount of time. But that's my goal with the new book is to for people to get out of their minds the stopping.
1: Right. There's no wagon. There's no falling off and getting back on. And I struggle with that, too, because it's like you've been taught your whole life you're either on it or you're off it, you know. But you're not. You're just living your life and you have to do it. You know, when I read your book, I thought to myself, I'm going to start it on Monday. And then I said, no, I'm starting it right now. I've got to do it. Like there is no Sunday, Monday. There is no planning grocery shopping for the week, getting everything you need. This is not a diet. This is just so, and it's free and it's natural and there couldn't be, it's the fountain of youth. So I can't say enough about it for those reasons because, you know, everybody's trying to get you to take an injection. I mean, even my doctor wants to start me on semaglutide or Ozempic and And I did start it, so I just want to be honest about that. I I did start it, and then I was just like, what am I doing? I know that the side effects, you know, what anybody says, the side effects are, are not great. I mean, I know we're not mice, but they didn't have the best reactions to it. Well, and I listened to, on a
0: podcast, you know, I don't listen to very many podcasts, but this was one all about, and they actually interviewed the person who was in charge of the clinical trials of this. and. The point of the podcast was kind of to talk to you about how good it was, honestly. But I came away with a different impression (laughs) from listening to the guy who ran the clinical trials. I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't sound good at all. And, you know, it has to do with the weight regain after you stop. And that's the thing. Reading between the lines of their own clinical study that he was there, you know, promoting, you're going to gain the weight back when you stop taking it. The pharmaceutical industry their goal is not to wean you off of pharmaceuticals, okay? (laughs) Their goal is for you to take a pharmaceutical, their pharmaceutical, and take it forever with the hope that it will improve your health. You know, I'm not saying there aren't some pharmaceuticals that people do need to take forever, right? You know, if you're a diabetic, you need insulin forever. If you have certain disorders, medications are required. But these new weight loss drugs We can do those things through intermittent fasting and dietary changes. We can do it. And the whole idea, the whole premise that, no, you can't. You can't make diet and lifestyle changes. They're too hard. Nobody can do it. You're just going to have to use the drug. That kind of feels like the point we're at with these drugs. People are too weak. People can't do it. People are not going to do it. You might as well
1: just, the drug is going to do it for them. And that makes me sad. It makes me sad, too, and I definitely think, you know, that there are certain people that that is amazing for and just to maybe get them over the hump or get them to just a a good homostasis of where they can then introduce intermittent fasting and things like that because you do, you never know certain people's situations with that. But I do think the majority of people, you know, something like this, it's safer you know, you. I think about the long-term side effects. And, and we don't
0: even know what those are yet. That's the
1: thing. I have people who have been on the semaglutide or ozempic for a long time. And, you know, I'm just like, are you worried about, you know, the side effects down the road? And some of them, no, not at all. You know, we're just going to take it until they take it away from us or it becomes too expensive. And they're not diabetic or anything like that. It's just for weight loss. And you see all the celebrities doing it and things like that. And, you know, I have to say to myself, because I mean, when I was in college, I took fentermine I lost a bunch of weight on that. Oh, yeah. I was ordering it from Canada. I don't know where it came from. I was just one. I just was taking it. I definitely took it for too long. I lost a lot of weight. And when I stopped taking it, I gained all that weight back.
0: Plus more. That's what I did. And it messed me up. Yeah, I really believe it ruined my metabolism. And who even knows what? Maybe it affected my gut microbiome. Maybe it affected my hunger and satiety signals. Maybe it lowered my metabolism. Maybe other things were happening behind the scenes that we don't even know about. But it it was a short-term solution that made me thin for a while. And then I was obese afterwards. And then I felt awful. I felt weak. I felt like something's wrong with me. But I knew I didn't want to take that
1: anymore. Like I did know that. And when I went off that, then I and gained all that weight back. I said, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to work out every single day. I'm going to eat. So I went basically vegetarian and I ran five miles a day, lost all the weight. <laughs> but it was also another kind of form of psychosis where I was just obsessed with every single thing that went into my mouth. I was, I started working out twice a day. I stopped hanging out with people. You know, I think I just skipped Halloween and went to the gym. And I bet you were not really satisfied because you talked
0: before about how your body thrives on protein from meat. And so you vegetarian lifestyle would probably not be the best match for your body.
1: It wasn't. I was eating tofu left and right. When I stopped doing that and I stopped pretty abruptly, you know, then I slowly gained all that weight back. And it kind of gave me an aversion to working out, which I hate to say that, but I think I went a little just so overboard with it. So I did tell myself, I'm like, the next thing I do, I'm going to really enjoy it. I'm not going to force myself to, you know, run five miles a day. I want, I love to dance. So the fitness marshal on YouTube. I mean, I look like a very silly person in my house, but there's so many, you know, kind of like dance videos you can watch or just anything like that. And I want to see my kids and my kids love it. They get so into it. So it's just fun. And I feel like I have some sort of choreography, you know, I'm not busting it out at the club anymore, but I like to dance and have fun. And I always have a smile on my face when I do it. So Just have to find ways to enjoy your life. And, you know, I've done the whole Weight Watchers and my mom brought me to Weight Watchers when I think I was in high school. And now they will give you weight loss drugs. Did you see that? Oh, no. They They are now prescribing a Mm Mm-hmm. Weight Watchers is it's what I've heard several times. Isn't that the whole point? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't get me started. It wouldn't surprise me because it is, you know, it's a money making machine.
0: There's a lot of money in weight loss drugs, right? Because you keep taking them like you talked about, you were desperate to get the Mean over and over again, you would have done anything to get more of it because it worked, you needed it, you wanted it, you were paying for it. And so I get it because that was me too.
1: It's preying off people's desperation. And I mean, I felt desperate when you are looking for something, when you feel like nothing is working and you're looking for something and you want that, you know, if I could just maybe cut a few corners and get there a little bit faster. And then I always think, well, if I had really stuck to fasting from 2019 till now, I would weigh a lot less than I do right now. That is such a huge point because... You know,
0: I think about all the things I did before fasting, and, you know, I always thought if I can just get to my goal weight through this phentermine, through this HCG, through this whatever it is, once I get there, it'll be so much easier to stay there. I just got to get there. But that was never true. I would get there, and then my body fought back for whatever reason, and I would regain plus more. The only time, only, that I didn't rebound weight gain was this intermittent
1: fasting that I'm doing, right? <laughs> The only time. Yeah, it's easy to look at other people and just say, oh, they decided to do this and they did it and they got there so fast. And not everybody's lines look like that. We have different struggles. And you're right. I mean, I have gotten to my goal weight through diet pills, through exercise and eating healthy, and it has not lasted either way. So there is, I really feel like my hunger signals were just, I was not used to that feeling of what an actual hunger cue was. I never let myself get there. And even last night, you know, we're watching the Vanderpump Rules, Secrets Revealed. I know not everybody loves that show. I've been since day one. And so I was just thinking like, I need something special for myself right now. You know, like this is my Super Bowl. I need a glass of wine or I need a, you know, like I need a cocktail and I have to kind of talk myself down from it as well and just be like, you know what? I closed my window. What would it do? What would I feel like, you know, after I have that? You know, alcohol is like you were were feeling an urge to celebrate with a cocktail,
0: right? That's been my struggle. I'm listening to this Naked Mind again, Annie Grace, and it's so interesting. Like, I decided I wasn't going to have any alcohol at all for the month of June. And then I had, like, celebration cues. Chad and I had a really lovely day. We went to a nice dinner. We went to a bar that I liked to listen to live music. And I'm like, I'm just going to go ahead and drink some wine. Because, uh, you know, I can. And, and it feels celebratory. And then I woke up in the middle of the night and I couldn't sleep. And then I'm like, ugh. So last night I told him, I'm like, you know, I'm not not really drinking right now. We went. He wanted to go listen to music at a bar down the road. And I'm like, you know, okay, we can go, but I'm not going to drink. And he he acted like I was like punching him in the face. He's like, what? What? I thought you would enjoy it. I was like, I would love to go to that bar and listen to the music. I'll order a non-alcoholic beer. I don't need to drink. And he's like, but that's not fun. And I'm like, what? what? (laughs) Chad has this in his head too. I had a wonderful time with my non-alcoholic beer and I enjoyed it. And then I felt fabulous the whole rest of the night. it's those cues in our head that are telling us like I couldn't have fun at that bar if I wasn't drinking and Chad thought he couldn't have fun if I wasn't drinking
1: isn't that weird no I experience that all the time I mean I just had my 40th birthday thank you we went to uh me and like 15 of my girlfriends went to Epcot and we drank around the world and it was so much fun. We went to Universal, but, you know, some of my friends don't drink. Uh, one of my friends was pregnant, so she wasn't drinking, obviously. But when we went, got back, we had a big dinner. And I just have friends who are just like, you know what, I'm, I'm not drinking tonight. And I love that because they're still coming out. They're still hanging out and doing everything. They had just as much fun. We had a great time. And... I think the way that I see things going with all these non-alcoholic drinks, which I love, they really are, I think people are gearing up to drinking less or just because we are just slowly poisoning ourselves, right? I mean, there's no way about it. It's ethanol. Well, it's so
0: interesting. And again, we went on to keep talking, Chad and I did. And he's like, well, what if it's like we go to a really nice restaurant and we want to get a bottle of wine? And I want to, I like to do that. I'm like, you can have wine. He's like, but I want you to have one. I'm like, why? And that was just bizarre to me to think about. You know, and Annie Grace says alcohol is the only drug that you have to justify to people while you're not having it. And I'm like, that is just bizarre. Well,
1: you know, that I have to like, Chad thinks he can't have fun at dinner if I'm not drinking wine. It is. And I really want to do it. It, it. it is one of those things. I understand where chat is coming from, but absolutely where you're coming from, too, because you can have a great time. Like, your happiness is not dependent on whether or not you have a drink. And you I would be boring if I tried, right? <laughs> I'm more boring if I'm snoozing
0: after dinner because I had <laughs> I have wine. Anyway, it's just, it's interesting. But we have all those cues and, you know, eating and drinking and all of that. So did you keep watching Vanderpump
1: Rules and not have anything and you kept your window closed? I did. I kept it closed. And I was glad that I do because I have been having a drink every single time that I watch one of those reunion shows. And then I wake up in the. you know, it's hard to sleep. It's hard to stay asleep. I feel like I do get a little bit of the restless leg when i drink so i really am just gearing up my husband says this all the time too he's always like pretty soon i'm never going to have another drink again in my life and i he was says like what well, about himself he does yeah cuz he's just you know with the kids and with what we want to do during the day it doesn't make sense to really you know have a few drinks at night it just even if it's just a glass of wine you know, I really believe in, you know, what you do every day, the little things. And that's why intermittent fasting is so great, because it is one of those little things that you can do every day that just makes you feel a little bit better. And Have you read This Naked Mind? I haven't. I haven't. I read Atomic Habits, though. That's a good one. You should read This
0: Naked Mind or listen to it. And listen to it with an open mind. and. It's such an interesting perspective on on drinking, and it's not anti-drinking, but it's like I'm at the section right now where she does talk about how alcohol is addictive. It's an addictive substance. The more you have it, the more your brain gets used to it, and I think that's something it's hard to hear because we're so, you know, everyone's having their glass of wine every night to wind down or it makes us feel good or whatever, but I'm not going to say I'm never going to have a drink again in the rest of my life, but I don't want to be someone that drinks every day, ever
1: Yes, I've definitely had to find different ways to wind down that I do. Because after the kids go to bed, I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, usually that's when I'm like, I need to do something. But really, my drug of choice is fiction or, you know, my fantasy novels or fiction. See, and, that does not break a fast or give you a hangover or cause addiction. <laughs> and I love it. It gets me out of my head. I'm able to, you know, wind down, get into a good story. Sometimes it's hard to find a good book like that. But
0: I used to read so much. I read fiction all the time. And it was really the intermittent fasting groups that got me out of that. Because I like, like my attention span is like, oh, I got to look at the group. I got to look at the group. So (laughs) reading, you have to devote yourself for a long period of time. So I keep saying I'm going to get back to reading and then I keep not doing it.
1: Well, maybe you just need the right book. Kind of get you back into it. I read old favorites over again. Like I'll go back
0: to something. Like, you know, it was a book series that I love, The Hunger Games. Like I would read that again right now.
1: Oh, I love The Hunger Games. So right now I'm reading A Court of Thorn and Roses and I'm on the second book. And I've just everybody that I've. No, is reading that book. A Court of Thorn and Roses? Yes, A Court of Thorn and Roses. It's like a romance. It's kind of like a dark Beauty and the Beast kind of a deal where it's not that exact story. There's different courts. There's Summer Court, Winter Court, and there's, you know, there's always like a love triangle. So it's good. And they're coming out with a show on Hulu. So I know I need to get through all five books before that show comes out. Yeah.
0: And I always think it's interesting when you've read something and then you watch it. And then you like sometimes, you, the, I mean, usually the book is better, but.
1: <laughs> I like Shadow and Bone. I don't know if you've read that one. Netflix came out with that not too long ago. That was a good one. So if you like The Hunger Games, I think you'll like it.
0: That's such a good tip, though. Like when you feel like I got to eat something, I got to do something to distract my brain, read a book. The teacher in me loves it because we're so drawn to food. you know I want to have a glass of wine to wind down. I want to have some snacks to wind down. No, I'm gonna read a fiction book and lose myself in the story. And that will be how I get my mind off of this. I need a snack. I need a drink. That's so good.
1: I know. It's gotta be a little steamy for me to want (laughs) to read it though. (laughs) That'll get me into the good book right away. There you go. There you go. That's so funny. (laughs) But yeah, it feels like a reward. One of the the best pieces of advice was the empty. The just hot water and salt. It's just brothy because you really do need something to close your window. You like, I'm always like, I need a little treat. You know, I need something. And I love berries. I love blackberries. I like raspberries. But closing my window is really the hardest part for me. I can usually go to around one or two fasting uh, where I feel good. But then closing my window is hard because a lot of times, you know, we get the kids to eat and then we do bedtime, bath time, get them in bed, and then it's like, okay, now it's our turn to eat. So we we have to really get better about. Sitting down at a family and, you know, all eating the and same they're thing. And how old are they now? So six and four. Okay. You're still in the harder
0: part. I do encourage you to get to the point. I wish I had done this. I did not. And I would like to go back. There are many things I would like to go back and do differently. And a lot of it had to do with Chad's schedule plus our schedule. You know, we The boys went to elementary school with me. I actually taught them each in the gifted program, but we came home from school at the same exact time, and then we were ready to eat something, but then Chad didn't get home till later, so we were not in the habit of eating as a family, and so me and the boys, I might would just feed them something and have something else for me, and then something else for Chad, so we just ate in shifts, and if I could go back, maybe I would give them a snack, and I would have a snack, and then we would sit down to a dinner once Daddy got home, and just, you know...
1: I think that's the goal for us right now, too. That's kind of where we are. We both sat down and I was like, we really need to start meal planning again. You know, we just need to know what we're going to eat. That's the biggest thing. The meal kits, you know, like Green Chef. Hello
0: Fresh is, is also, it's owned by the same people that own Green Chef, the same company. Hello Fresh is a good one if if you're trying to feed a family. Because uh, it has things, you know, that they have so many choices every every week. Of course, you know, I, I love Green Chef too, but that tends to be a little more adult perhaps. I don't know. Or the, at least the ones I choose to.
1: It has to be something that the kids will at least, you know, be interested to. Both of my kids love to cook. So right now I've kind of gotten them those little kid knives Get off Amazon and just have them, you know, chop the vegetables and they won't always eat what they have made, but. They're more likely to. They're more likely to, yeah. And letting them help
0: pick it out. Y'all might really like something like HelloFresh or or Green Chef and maybe just a couple times a week. And because they could get used to following the recipe and everything is right there in the bag. They could like choose what they want. Like look at what's available for next week. All right, what two things do
1: we want? Maybe let each one pick one. Yes, That would be really fun. Taking the grocery store, kind of helping them out. Like that. So, yeah, I mean, we're trying to kind of get back into the swing of those because I'd love to sit down. I mean, that's how I grew up. We sat down as a family. And of course, my mom was a teacher, worked all day, all night, came home, made dinner, <laughs> never got a break. And I work from home now. And, you know, when I'm working, we have, you know, a, a nanny come or my mother in law helps us. And, She's just like, you have it so easy (laughs) compared to kind of like my work life, you know, because she was up so early and she was, she never taught me, but she was always in the school that I was in. That's a blessing and a curse, right? Yes. I'd see her at lunchtime (laughs) like, don't look at me. One of the things that I feel like I struggled with, you know, my mom was always stick thin and she was always just kind of complaining about how overweight she was, which she was never overweight. I think that is something that I am kind of hyper aware of with, you know, especially my daughter being six. I don't want her to think that I don't like my body. And that is an example. And I know that I'm heavier than the other moms. She hasn't really ever commented on it, but I I just say, you know, I think one time she told me I had a squishy belly and I said, I know. I said, but it's not always going to be squishy. (laughs) I think that's really, really important to be careful what you
0: say, because I internalized a lot of things from my dance teacher mom. That was certainly not her intention, but it still colors how I I look at my body and judge it, right? Like my thighs, I will always filter it through my mother saying, my thighs have – this about herself – my thighs are so flabby that no one –
1: should look at them. I must cover them. It's it. And so now I kind of feel that way about mine, but we're just like not getting into a bathing suit. And I feel like a lot of older women do, you know, if we go to the beach, they won't wear their bathing suit. If we're going in the pool, they won't get the, you know, they don't even come prepared because they've already talked themselves out of it because they feel like they're going to be embarrassed. They don't like the way they look. And I want that to stop. I think we need to stop that. We got to stop that. It doesn't matter what size you are, Getting your bathing suit. I really think the younger generation is better at it because, you know,
0: I, when we were out last night listening to the music, I saw somebody wearing a crop top, look well, crop top. She did not have a skinny body and she was not the least bit self-conscious. And I was like, I love her confidence. She's not worried about it. I really think the younger generation is letting a lot of that go.
1: Yeah. And I think that the generation before when they used to see somebody, you know, I remember my grandparents picking people out on the beach, like, you know, an overweight person in a bathing suit and just say, oh, look at them, you know? And I just remember being like, look at them. They're just a person out in the world, you know, under the sun, just in their bathing suit, you know, let's just and that does give you a complex because then you think, what are they going to say about me? Or Exactly. But, you know, what's that, that saying?
0: The way to get a bikini body is buy a bikini and put it on your body. And we need to just, I mean, I'm not saying that everybody should not want to feel good in their body. But we need to understand that we're all going to have different bodies. And we deserve to feel good in whatever body we've got.
2: This episode is brought in part to you by Audible By captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash wonderypod or text wonderypod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash wonderypod or text wonderypod to 500-500. Sound the gifting panic alarm. We've all been there. Imagine pages of artisan espresso mugs for the coffee connoisseur in your life. Or for the pickleballer, customized paddle covers in every shade imaginable. Etsy's got you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now.
1: I don't know if you're a fan of Lizzo, but I love her so much. We just went and saw her. Me and my girlfriend saw her in Raleigh. We were crying. I mean, she was so inspirational with just like the self-love and the body love. We were just hugging each other. We were like, why Why can't we feel like this? You know, why does it take kind of somebody else saying, you know, love yourself, love how you look right now to kind of really... Feel it to really understand that, you know, this is your one life. Don't spend it hating yourself or looking in the mirror and just seeing everything that's wrong.
0: Yeah, like at your funeral, they're not going to be like, oh, she was only 10 pounds from her goal.
1: I mean, you know. Only she had made it. She would have been happy. She was almost there. (laughs) No,
0: we need to focus on what's important. And yes, feeling good in your body is important. And there is nothing wrong with wanting to lose weight. To feel better in your body, but approaching it with love for yourself instead of loathing for yourself, I think is the key difference.
1: I think that's all the difference, and you're going to be in such a better mental head held, if I can speak, uh, headspace, mental health. When I was running five miles a day, when I was eating lettuce. I just remember every day I was just not happy. Like even when I got down to I think the lowest I'd ever been, I just thought I'm still not super happy with myself. That didn't bring you the
0: happiness that you thought it It didn't bring me
1: the joy. And now I still have a ways to go. I'm still plugging away at it because, you know, I want to feel better in my body. I want to be healthy. But I'm getting there in in a different way. I don't want to get there again and then be like, I made myself miserable doing this. You know, I want it to be, there has to be some level of effort in there for sure. And there is, I think that that's one of the good things that fasting has kind of taught me is that I do have self-control. You know, I'm not just out here. I don't have to shove all this food in my face. You know, I can meal plan or just make better decisions for myself. And, you know, when my window's closed, I close it. Sometimes it opens back up again. I'm not perfect. But that's one of the the flexibility aspect of it is something that I really like. And I think that, you know, as I'm getting there, there's a lot of more non-scale victories.
0: Oh, well, share some of those with us. Those are the the real big ones. We all love the scale victories, but the non-scale victories are the ones that really change our lives.
1: Yeah, I think, well, my biggest non-scale victories, I get my energy back, which is very big. I did have some just, I guess, body composition, body recomp. That's been going on. I don't get restless legs anymore, really, when I'm sleeping. And you know, that can also be iron. Did you know that? Yeah. No, I did not know that. Yeah. So that's a big one. And I would say my biggest non-scale victory is that I've just started to take better care of myself. I've started to buy myself a little bit more jewelry. I got my eyebrows tattooed. I got my lips blushed. I don't—that's like a lip tattoo. And I know that these might sound nothing to do with the scale, but I just started to just say, you know what? I'm going to just invest a little bit more in myself. I
0: love that you are worth it. You are worth caring for yourself right this very minute. You're not at your go wait. (laughs) But you still deserve all the good things. You deserve to feel beautiful in your clothes and in your body. and
1: Honestly, just kind of doing those little things where just kind of treating myself a little bit better in those ways just makes me feel like I am putting in a little bit more effort. I think my husband notices that I'm just happier in general.
0: Well, confidence and happiness is sexy. Like you could be the skinniest person in the room who is with a terrible attitude and not look at all attractive, you know what I'm saying? It, attractiveness comes from within and the way that you carry yourself and just the way you feel about yourself. And your husband is seeing that that newfound confidence and self love come out.
1: He is, and I'm still trying to work on him getting fat, being you know fasting. But of course, he wakes up in the morning. He rose for like 30 minutes. He sounds pretty regimented just like your husband does kind of he does his own thing and I mean he's not overweight at all he's actually lost weight that I didn't even know he could lose just because he is rowing all the time so and he's big into surfing so he's always kind of had that that outlet where he gets that you know that physical workout and it's something he absolutely loves so I'm a little jealous of that as well, but that's what I get when I go. Well, maybe as he gets
0: a little older, he might need just a little something, (laughs) and fasting will be there for him when he's ready.
1: Yeah, fasting will be there for him, and I really just want to spread the word. I'm trying to get my sister into fasting and a few friends, and she was actually like, "I did, I fasted." I think she went straight into ADF like her first month, and she said it was horrible. And I was like, "Well, you started the hardest." Like, I couldn't do that. I can barely do a day or two, you know? So you have to start small. Build up your fasting muscle. That would be like someone who's like,
0: I'm going to run a marathon. And they just got off the couch and tried to run a marathon. And they'd be like, well, I can't run a marathon. Marathons are awful. <laughs> So, yeah, you got to build up. Just like counts to 5K, you got to build up your fasting muscle before it feels right. That's the thing to let people know. It's not going to feel easy on day one. And that's really why I wrote this this new book, you know, because when I wrote Cleanish, I had a two-book deal after Fast Feast Repeat. They're like, all right, we're going to sign you for two books. I'm like, well, I can't think of two right now, but okay. I'm like, but I'm never writing another fasting book. I never am. (laughs) And because, I mean, you know, I said everything I wanted to say in Fast Feast Repeat. But then, you know, the teacher in me saw where people were struggling. And it was the making it stick. And also, you know, some people didn't want to read the entire Fast Feast Repeat because it was like too much and more than they wanted to know. It, You know, it's everything you need. But some people need a little bit of a different beginning. So like that's the 28 Day Fast Start is the book that you're going to give your sister to get her started. Like at the beginning, they craft their why statement, for example. And it, it weight loss can be part of it and you, you come up with all your big powerful why and you revisit that and it just it's, it gets you through the fast start and lets you know what to expect without deep deep dives into the science and then there's time for that later that's my goal my goal is i want people to start and not stop and
1: feel how it is a lifestyle and i think that that is a really good point to feel how it's a lifestyle Because it's so easy to just feel like you're on a program, you know, with everything in life that we've been, you know, with Weight Watchers or this or that or Octavia or Octavia, I think. I don't know how to say it. I think that's how you say it. I don't know either. But with all these programs, you're always signing up for some sort of a program. Yeah. Somebody's really there to sell it to you. Yes. (laughs) So you got a mentor, you got a coach, then you can start selling it and then you'll get it for free. pay for it because otherwise, if you you can't afford it, so you better sell it so you can afford it.
0: And that is, I love telling people, I'm just like, it's free. One of the fasting apps, I'm not going to say which one. But one of the fasting apps apparently just started selling some fasting supplement that you need. And Sherry did a deep dive on the ingredients. And one of the ingredients makes you sleepy. I'm like, well, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> I mean, do not fall for that, everybody. You do not need a fasting supplement that the fasting app. Basically, supplements are the big industry. If we could sell you on a supplement that and make you think you have to take it, I'm not talking about nutrients like magnesium and iron and things that your body need and, you know, all
1: of that, but (laughs) all that other stuff. I mean, really, absolutely. And then if you just get out of your body's way, then it will do it for you. And I think that that is my takeaway from all of this is just get out of the body's way. Your body is amazing. And it has so many different mechanisms that, you know, I can't even begin to grasp. But, you know, the fasting aspect of it is just get out of its way and let it do its job of deep cleaning that it never gets to do with this society that we've created. You know, we're no longer hunter-gatherers. You know, you tell people to skip a meal, I'll starve. My blood sugar will drop. Well, I
0: have hypoglycemia, they'll say. Interestingly, I've learned, I'm wearing my Nutrisense CGM gym right now. You can see it there. But I have realized that some of the feelings that I thought were my blood sugar dropping are not my blood sugar dropping. <laughs> some of the things I thought were my blood sugar dropping were actually my blood sugar going up. It's so interesting. And when you feel a big spike up, does that make you feel tired? I do feel a spike up. I like, I don't know. I just, It feels weird in my head. If a spike up feels worse than when I go down, honestly. I mean, and like, I don't get to the point where I'm like crashing below, you know, like dangerous zone. So I don't have anything. Like I never go below the 70s ever. Maybe I'll see like a 68, you know, if I'm fasting really late one day, whatever. But I feel fabulous. I never feel bad when my, my blood sugar is steady and in the 80s or 70s. That always just feels really good. Anyway, it's, it's interesting. What I thought was happening is not always what's happening. well we are almost out of time what would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you
1: first started i would tell somebody to go slow uh start start low and slow and go from there do not try to you know jump off the diving board the first day Don't try to skip steps. Don't try to do the 50 calories. Don't try, you know, and and I'm pretty sure this is everybody's, but the cream and the coffee and things like that. But just trust the process. Just trust the process and give it, you know, give it the fast start. Give it those, was it the 28 days? Give it the 28 days. See how you feel. Really commit to that. And just remember, just take it one day at a time. That would be my big one. And what I wish I knew when I first started is that it's a journey and that it's, I'm not going to have everybody else's results. And I think it is because, you know, I'd be considered to be a turtle and that is hard for somebody like me who wants to get there right away. And I want to be feeling great and looking great. I want everybody to tell me that I look amazing like everybody else does, but it's going to take longer. Than other people's journey and that's okay. But you're still going to get there and you're going to get there when you get there. You're going to feel really good about yourself and do it the right way. And to patience,
0: be patient with yourself, patient with your body and patient with the journey. And even if you stumble along the way, that's okay too. Because man, we're undoing decades of diet programming
1: and diet thoughts and the industry is throwing more stuff at us every day. That is a big one too. I mean, with all these different medications coming out and it's easier to get them. There's different routes like routes you can go down. It's hard to cut out that noise and just say, you know what, I'm just gonna keep trekking along with my little eating window over here. Throwing in a few days of ADF has been really good for me. So I will say that even one or two days. Yeah, that really gets things moving. Well, Amy, thank you so much for being here today and for telling your story. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It was great to finally meet you and be on the podcast. And hi to everybody out there. Do you
0: have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com